your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 521 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, and we are recapping a 3-0 Senators loss on Long Island where the offense couldn't get anything going. Yeah, Ross, we're not going to spend too much time on that stinker of a game. Thank God. But we do have a new Sens debut to take a look at. New incoming Senators player and Sens abroad, unfortunately. But good for him. We do have to cover it. And we got a great Sens Central citizen for you, Kale, all the way out from Kansas. He tells us why in the world he decided to be a Sens fan. Great show coming up with a conversation with Kale. We also have a Belleville Sens game to preview tonight. And I've got it today in Sens history. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, March 23rd in Pilsy. On this day in 2015, Andrew Hammond became the first goalie in NHL history to earn at least one point in each of his first 15 starts. Yeah, the Hamburglar run. I mean, we're going to get into it with uh, Kale, our Sense Central citizen. Definitely a shining moment for a Sense fan. But if only the Hamburglar was back in Ottawa. He did get traded during the deadline. He's yeah. heading over to New Jersey. Maybe lost a bit of that Hamburglar magic along the way. But what an absolute run that was. I would have preferred to bring him in rather than Michael McNiven, but yes, that's honestly. just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's get let's get this game over with. And we're not going to sugarcoat it because we know that there's it's a three nothing loss to the New York Islanders. I think the best thing you can say about it is that it was zero zero going into the third period. <laughs> yeah, the Sens were winning zero zero for half the game <laughs> at least, and uh, it was it was at least interesting to note that you have a new player coming in. There's someone you can be locked on to. He was your locked on player, Ross. And I thought Matthew Joseph looked great in his first showing. He really got a taste of that speed. And keep in mind, too, this is a guy that is coming in to a team where he doesn't really know anyone. Sure, he's Thomas Shabbat's best friend, but Thomas Shabbat, he's not on the ice. He's not in the room. He's not on the bench. So fresh guys, fresh faces, no practice time. And we, we always talk, Ross, about setting guys up to succeed. Yeah, DJ Smith didn't really give him that uh, that push because he did not set him on the line that we had him with, with speed, 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 with Formanton and Stutzla. Instead, he gets tossed on a line with Chris Tierney and waiver wire pickup Adam Gaudet. No offense to those guys, but like when you're coming from Tampa and you're playing golf with Tiger Woods and then you got to go and play on a line with... Let, let's be honest, kind of outcasts of the Sens system here, just warm bodies here that aren't going to be around long-term. That's not a great feeling for your first game. So I would have liked for them to give him a little more oomph, although he did get on, uh, he did get some power play time. So you got to see him there. And he did have uh, a couple ships with some other players, but 
Overall, though, I'm stoked about Joseph, and I think he's going to be a great fit here. Do you think he continues playing with Tierney and Gaudette going into no. the game in Winnipeg? They There's better no- score a goal. If, if they don't score a goal in the game I'm going to tomorrow, I'm going to be really rattled. What if they lose 5-1, Ross? At least they'd have scored a goal. <laughs> I can tell you it's not it's not as glory-filled glory, uh, as, as you might think being <laughs> in a away building, losing 5-1. Yeah, sure, the Norris goal is great, but... Uh, the rest was not so great. But I to answer your question, I don't think he stays there. There's no way because we've talked about it over and over. Tierney cannot be playing on a line with these speedsters. He slows everything down. And Joseph, he needs to be able to have guys that can match his speed. And Formanton and Stutzla are those types of guys. And I think eventually DJ Smith's going to see that and they this is their time to really get a good look at Joseph. He he's on an expiring deal. He's an RFA. So if you want to get a handle on the value of this guy, why not put him in the best position? They don't have other guys that really are leapfrogging him that much. I mean, Connor Brown, yes, you want to have him in your top six at this time with no Drake Batherson, but I think Joseph should get a better look here than Colin White because he's got the speed and he's someone that I really think can complement Stutzland Formanton. So credit to Natural Statric for this number here. But if you're going with Mattia Joseph's line mates throughout the game, he played 10 and a half minutes, and this is all at even strength, with Adam Gaudet, nine and a half minutes with Chris Tierney. And then you have to go all the way down. Josh Norris, he played a minute and 37 seconds with. So it was clear that he was stuck there with Chris Tierney and Adam Gaudet. I hope that's not the case. Going into Winnipeg, you have to play your players to their strength. And maybe you could say they wanted to ease them up the lineup and Sens don't have that much depth in talent. So if he's going to be eased in, then yeah, you're going to play with players who are third or fourth liners on this team. So we'll see where that goes going forward. I think what we do see is that same line run out against Winnipeg. But then on Saturday, when Drake Batherson's back, maybe White slides back down to that third line center spot with, with Joseph. Or they, they're going to have to mix something up, especially if they don't score again. Like the offense is just invisible. So that's one goal now in their last two games. Like, it's unsustainable, and the injury excuse—it's—it's it's not even really one anymore. Like there's there's one two guys out with Shabbat and Batherson, and say what you want. Yeah, those are two big names, but you have to be able to have some sort of depth. There's twelve forwards on a team. If one of them's out, shouldn't make the whole house of cards come crumbling down. Yeah, and Ross, this was supposed to be the easiest stretch of games they've had all season and they've absolutely squandered opportunities to build momentum and build confidence in themselves and this fan base it's been brutal but yeah having said that i thought in our postcast ross shame on us goalie friendly show not really mentioning it i thought forthberg played a really good game like if you go back and look at those goals they were results of bang bang plays and loose pucks that the senator's defense shocker were not able to jump on before the Islanders offense, both of the goals. And then the third was an empty netter. So I thought he made some really good saves that uh, pad save he had on Wallstrom off a rebound. Yeah. Incredible. Wallstrom even it did the hands up thinking he scored already. Uh, 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 only thing better than that. House. Only thing better than that is when the home um, goal, goal light guy goes gets on. A little excited. No, the horn. You occasionally yeah. hear that where even the horn goes off and, yeah, that was a fantastic save. I'm glad you gave some credit. And to save Barzell breakaway. That, like, man, being able to save uh, Barzell high glove shot on a breakaway is no small feat. That's their best offensive player with all the time in the world, and he made a great save. So I just wanted to quickly get that in as we are a hashtag goalie-friendly show. It was another great game from Forsberg, and uh, 
he's he's got that 8.25 mil sitting in the back of his mind being like all right i uh i'm here i'm ready i'm gonna get paid do you give the sentence some credit though for holding it together defensively until midway through the third period I mean, sure, some credit. I'll give them some credit, Ross. But a lot of that has to go to Forsberg. Like, he had to be on, on his toes, and he had to be sharp. And the only reason the Islanders got past him were because of defensive lapses, in my opinion. So I can't give the defense too much credit. Although, I will say, I thought MDZ for coming back uh, from the AHL, being freed from the shackles of Belleville, he he played pretty pretty decent, especially considering he's on, on a pair with Mete, who is kind of struggled here and I thought he was all right I thought the Senators first period was good if we're gonna yeah, the go, first period was good I'll give you that yeah first period was better like they they had more than they had 73 of the expected goals percentage wise and I know we're not much of an expected goals podcast but at the same time like they carried the play they outshot them 13 to 8 but it seemed like once they couldn't solve Semyon Varlamov in the first period just kind of waned off and they just disappeared in the second. And yeah, you had that intense moment in the first period where Joseph gets absolutely run over yes. and the Islanders have their big boys out there with Martin and uh, Sezikis. And, and I believe they had Pelican Pollock maybe even on defense, like two big, yeah. or maybe Mayfield. Like they're just a big team. And Ottawa's out there with the Godet line and Godet and Tierney and Branstrom. What are they going to do? Matt Martin could probably beat all. It would have been a Bufflin situation where he's got both <laughs> of them in one hand. So I thought they handled as good as they could if they're not going to stand up for for their new teammate. I would have liked to have seen, and maybe if it was two guys who weren't on expiring contracts with 20 games left in the year, I hate to say it, but if that's Brady Kachuk, the gloves are coming off, eject button right away. Your new teammate, man, this guy just, it's his second shift with the Ottawa Senators. He gets smoked and he looks around and nobody does anything. But they do get a breakaway out of the play. Not only that, Ross, but nobody does anything. And he's the guy, like, he's this guy's possibly concussed at this point. Like, he got absolutely rocked. He's the guy that has the wherewithal to be like, hey, they didn't blow the whistle. I'm going to go after that loose puck. I see Tierney rushing up the ice. I'm going to hit him with the tape-to-tape pass and create a big play here. Unfortunately, Tierney, not the offensive uh, juggernaut that Mark Jankowski is with the Buffalo Sabres. He's not able to score on that breakaway. Um, but, yeah, definitely I, I want to give uh, credit to Joseph and Forsberg and Ross, the problem here is, yes, the Sens had that good first period, but they fell into the Islanders' trap. Like, if you're the New York Islanders and Barry Trotz in that second period, you're like, this is exactly how we want this game to go. That's how they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and had such playoff success because they're able to lull teams to sleep, score one or two lucky goals, and shut it down. And that's what they did. Yeah. It's the system all over again. Like that was yeah, Guy really Boucher is. asked. Nobody's yep. nobody's forechecking past the offensive blue line. They just sit back and they trap and they have defensemen with long sticks. You got Zidane Chara, yeah. Pollock, Pellick, Mayfield, like everyone except for Dobson really on the back end can move. Now, from the Ottawa Senators perspective, every single player except for Zaitsev. Formanton and Connor Brown, eight a minus. So everyone was out there at different points. And yeah, flawed stat, empty net goal and such. I get it, but it's just tough to look at the box score and see just zeros across the board. And then just dash one, 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 18 different times going through this. But Forsberg was great. 24 saves he made. Um, again, Eric Branstrom, third consecutive game where he leads all defensemen in ice time. Thought he carried the puck with a bit of confidence there. Three hits for him, but two giveaways as well. And this Islanders team, like, they're, they're strange for me because I 
I think they're a playoff team based on the talent they have. You mentioned they went to the conference final. Pillsy, back-to-back years where they pushed the Tampa Bay Lightning to six or seven games. Mm-hmm. And if it's not for a Vasilevsky shutout like he does at the end of every friggin' series, then they might have had a chance at the Stanley Cup. So, you know what? You got to tip your hat a little bit to a, another team like the Islanders that underperform. But when you're going into the third period, 0-0, you can't get outshot by double. 12-6, the shots on goal. In the third period, you need a little bit more of a push as the Senators now only have six wins in their last 21 games. Six wins in their last 21 games. But as we discuss with our Sen Central citizen, it's always darkest before dawn. So before we get to our Sen Central citizen down in Kansas, Pilsy, new sponsor alert? Yeah, Ross, I got something that can brighten your day here and can brighten a lot of your days because what is I don't know about you Ross but I think the thing I regret most is it's around two o'clock three o'clock your girlfriend texts you what are we having for dinner and you're like oh crap Uh I don't know I didn't pull anything out of the freezer I haven't gone grocery shopping in weeks and it's just a disaster (laughs) well there yeah weeks maybe is a stretch (laughs) but uh there's a solution for you and it's hello fresh With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. It's easy. You don't even have to leave the house. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and, most importantly, affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers all the pre-portioned ingredients to your door farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get the convenience without skimping out on quality don't have to go to the grocery store and wait in line and find that parking spot and make sure you got a cart that doesn't have a broken wheel you don't have to waste your time and stress on that HelloFresh has you hooked up warm up from inside out with a limited time recipe inspired by cozy classics from around the world like Beef tenderloin and cheese fondue. I'm a big fondue fan. How about Mm -hmm. miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen? I love a good ramen too. My my mouth is watering right now after reading those meals because they sound absolutely delicious. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes. So... Your partner's rushing on the way home from work. You're like, oh man, I got to fix something up quick. 30 minutes or less, plus quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes. So it doesn't take time at all to create something tasty, delicious, and healthy. Low prep, easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. Guys, go to HelloFresh.com slash LOCKEDON16 and use code LOCKED. On 16 for up to 16 free meals. Is that a typo? And I'm not done. Three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LOCK16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Check it out today, guys. HelloFresh.com. It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, Pillsy, pack it up. We're going to Kansas. Let's check out this week's Send Central Citizen and chat with our friend Kale. All right, we now welcome on this week's Send Central Citizen. We're going to Kansas. We're chatting with Kale at Kale Joshua. Two A's at the end there. If you want to go throw him a follow on Twitter, Kale, welcome to Locked On Senators. I have so many questions for you. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be on. 
So this is a part of a media tour for you. I saw it was an awesome tweet that got this whole ball rolling where you just randomly decided that the Ottawa Senators were going to be your team. How does someone from Wichita, Kansas, and I probably butchered that, my apologies, Wichita, (laughs) Kansas, become an Ottawa Senators fan? So it actually started when I lived in my hometown of Ashland, Kansas. Uh, You've maybe heard of Wichita. A lot of guys in Canada will just because of Fred Van Fleet. No one in in any situation, not even people that are here, have heard of my hometown. Um, I graduated with 10 people in my class, um, but it would have been back in that 2007 uh, cup run. Uh, I was home alone. I had fake six, so I didn't have to go to my grandma's with the rest of my family and was just flipping through the channels and a hockey game was on. And I was like, uh, I've never seen this in my life before. I want to keep watching. And it was uh, the pins and the senators. And all I knew was that I, the penguins had won something before. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So I was like, okay, this team, this team in white and red, that's the one that's, that's going to be the one that I root for. And you know, a decade plus later, here we are in absolute suffering. <laughs> Pills, yeah, it sounds like it's he's from the Fergus of uh, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I grew up in a uh, small town, Ontario myself, so I definitely know the feeling there. Um, so what what caused you to stick with this team? Like you said, it's a new sport new experience so you're just like hey this team's cool and i want to cheer for the team in red but how did you decide okay no i'm gonna stay with this team this wasn't just a quick uh skipping grandma's uh visit just uh fill an hour or two here what really attached you to the team well for the first couple of years i mean i obviously didn't have a cell phone basic use of just you know espn every now and then so it wasn't one where I was this diehard fan from the get-go. It was just kind of like you'd be flipping through Sports Illustrated or something in, in the middle school library, and you'd be like, you'd see, a, a, you know, scores or something or a recap, and you're like, oh, my Senators won this game or something, you know, just trying as much as I could. So it would have been about, you know, my freshman or sophomore year of high school where I got a phone that, you know, was always able to be connected to the Internet, downloaded Twitter and everything that we all have done, you know, when we were kids. And just from the get-go was like, okay, well, now I have to follow my sports teams. Uh, That led me to uh, the Silver Seven Sins blog. And from there, it became every single day, I've got to keep following. I got to know what's up. And then I think even then, you know, I really considered myself a fan, but it wasn't until I think 2013, um, the Sins had just a silly Twitter competition where you could ask Uh, Brian Murray any question during the draft and mine was selected and from that moment on it was like okay yep no matter what happens to me in my life like this team is just stuck to me you know that it was just right then and there I was like all right so I'm just going to die rooting for this team now what was your question yeah great question Pills. so my question that I had asked was what is something that the fans overlook about the draft and he said that a lot of fans are going to focus on who the first round pick is, who the second round pick is. But if they look at the team, it's not made up of just first round picks. It's made up of guys from the third, the fourth and the fifth. And I mean, that holds true today. I mean, everyone's going to, you know, everyone has their take on Tyler Clevin, for instance, or Jake Sanderson or Tyler Boucher. And you're like, okay. And who's this team's absolute, in my opinion, the best forward on this team, 
Drake Batherson. Yep. You know, so, I, you know, it, it's nice to know that, you know, even though he's no longer with us, he's still consistently being right. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Sorry. Was that the 2013 draft? I think so. Yeah. I'd have to look back. Cause I, it was going, it was my junior year going into my senior year of high school. So it would have been 2013. Okay. So I also in that one, a $50 gift card to sport check, which they never <laughs> sent me uh, because they don't ship to America. And so, uh, Craig did me a solid and was like, well, I'll get you this Jersey signed, um, at the rookie camp. Who do you want? And I was looking through and my brain was like, okay, well, it's either going to be Curtis Lazar or it's going to be Cody CC. And my, my (laughs) brain was just like, you know what? I know who's going to be the absolute stud. Let's get this Jersey signed by Cody CC himself. (laughs) Local kid, local kid, just bringing you that much closer to town. So you mentioned Curtis Lazar. He was in the 2013 draft. I mean, he's almost played 400 games, not the type of player that maybe you'd expect when he was captain of that great world junior team and everything. But Brian Murray was probably talking about fourth rounders like Ben Harper that year that really bring the team together. Oh yeah. Absolute key to all the success we've ever had. Ben Harper. Ben Harper's still in the NHL as well. So yeah. Bottom (laughs) pair out in in Nash Vegas, but Hey, I have a question for you, Kale, as well, when it comes to, following this team and the amount of off ice news, we'll call it for a lack of a better term. Does that mm-hmm. help you stay engaged from so far away? Because there really is never a dull day in Sensland. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the beginning it was listening to TSN 1200 almost every single day. Um, just checking Twitter, uh, checking the blogs in between classes or work or school, anything like that. Um, But now it's always a tweet notification going off. It's always something going viral. It's always, you know, what is, what does Bonk Smollett have to say about this? Or what has Bosti done again? And who blocked Bosti finally? Um, But it really does. The constant news cycle and everything that's either going wrong or well with the sins is probably one of the only things that, that makes me feel like I'm almost allowed to be a fan of the team. You know, without that, I would just feel like, well, I'm over here, uh, you know, thousands of kilometers away. Just, just a wallflower. Go, sins, go. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to him, sure. eh? Converting into kilometers for us. What a guy. <laughs> He's a Canadian <laughs> at heart. That is that is good. Uh, so what's, uh, what's the closest hockey team to Kansas, like NHL team? What would be the closest geographical NHL team? So it depends on what part of the state you're in. Um, sure. But you're basically flanked by the abs if you're on the west side if you're in the south area like i am but more central south then it's probably going to be dallas and anything up in that kind of west the eastern kansas city area you're going to be into st louis um but the majority of people in kansas are either going to be abs or stars fans um the only thing from missouri that people from kansas are allowed to like apparently are the chiefs which i don't like anyways but that's okay. the one thing where people are like, we'll just pretend like they're not in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the Kansas City part of their name, I guess, uh, can can help uh, mend that relationship. So have you been able to find uh, like-minded people that are as into hockey as you are? Obviously, maybe not the Sens, but have you been able to like find a hockey community where you are? Or it's strictly, hey, I'm, I'm keeping with my people on Twitter here. I've, I've tried. Um, back when the Sens were... Uh, partnered with the Thunder here in Wichita. Yep. There, you know, there would be watch-alongs, but it was very clear that the people that were there 
were interested in other teams, but it was a lot of kind of older folks, like, you know, kind of like our parents' age. A lot of them were like on the booster board for the ECHL team because obviously someone needs to get a place for these kids to stay. Um, And I've tried a couple times. Uh, I used to work with a guy who played hockey here in town. We do have a rink, but I mean, it's total. Just the imagine the worst beer league play you've ever seen. That's basically (laughs) all that happens here. Just dudes getting crumpled and then crushed on the ice. Um, I don't, I mean, if you wear a bucket on the ice here, it's just kind of like, what are you afraid of? Like no one's got the coordination to even hit you. Don't worry. Um, Every now and then I'll go to a bar and I'll ask a game gets put on and someone will cheer with me. I'm like, Oh, you know, someone else who likes hockey. And then I just look over and they're just like, 10 drinks deep and they just hear me cheering. So they're like, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Let's go. So it's definitely been a struggle here in town. Have you made it up to Ottawa yet? The pilgrimage to the CTC? Not yet, man. That's the Mecca that I need to go to. Um, It was one where it's always, Oh, next year I'm going to find a way to go next year. I'm going to find a way to go. And then, you know, everything that's happened in the last few years, it's been like, okay, so I'm just basically waiting to get told I can go now. Um, if I had my way, I'd find a way to get there, but my wife keeps reminding me that we also have bills to pay and I can't just fly out to Ottawa and get a hotel and an Uber to Canada and beers and a rotisserie chicken from Boston. Um, (laughs) so I haven't forget the rotisserie chicken. You better get a couch with Boston. Come on. I bet you (laughs) the sense community wouldn't let you get a hotel and all that. I mean, we're probably going to have people reaching out just from hearing this saying we got to get kale to the CTC. Yes. That's my goal in all this for sure, because you got to be able to go see the boys. Have you seen them on the road at all in Colorado or Dallas, or you're still looking for that first taste of live sense hockey? I've really thought about it. I've gone to NHL games before, but okay. not for the sins. And it's one of those where I really think to myself, you know, I want my first game watching them live to be in, you know, in their barn yeah, not yeah. someone else's also because I know um, I'd, I've had plenty of experiences where I've had like beers thrown at me and stuff like that. I'm a very, very loud and rowdy fan, uh, even though my wife absolutely hates it. Um, so it would be nice to wear red in a barn and everyone's happy that you're really loud versus the threat of having a beer poured down your shirt. And the train goal horn, that's something that you need to experience. You need to feel the via rail train go right through you after a goal. Uh, Let's get to a little positivity before I ask you about your thoughts on the team today. I saw in the uh, CBC article, great write-up there uh, about your time as a Sens fan. And shout out to your wife as well for getting on board, throwing the the uni on as well. You love to see that. So you cited a few really memorable things along the way that have happened. And I want you to power rank the four of them of which your favorite senators moments or times, or you know what I mean, whether it's the Hamburglar run in 2014, like your favorite sends eras. Thank you, sir. The 2017 sure. playoff run, the end of the pizza line, because you joined in right at the height of it. Or is there a dark horse that maybe wasn't mentioned here? For me, I think number one has to be the hamburger run. Goalie um, mm-hmm. I'm a total, total softy. Um, so just knowing everything that went into that that run, um, everything that's happened to Andrew uh, before making it with the team and going on that just insane clip, and then everything that was happening to to Craig Anderson. 
and everything that he'd been through and continued to go through. Um, that run, I've just, I think back about it. I think, you know, it, to me, that was the one time where the team felt just so unstoppable and it just felt like you were in a video game and you would just put in some cheat code. And for me, it's so, it was so hard back then to watch a game and just listening on, on TSN 1200 for every single game and just listening to Gore just saved by Hammond. And it's just like sitting there and you just feel it every time just pulsing through your head. Um, so that is far and away a number one only because number two has to be that 2017 run. Absolutely loved it. Everything about it was perfect except for the end. Um, there are two restaurants here in town uh, that I watched that game at, that game seven. Um, I moved from one to another just because one was about to close. I haven't been back to either. I love the food. I love the drinks at both those places. ETSD, Such eh? a bad memory. I can't go back. Third, it is going to be a dark horse. Like I said, total softy. Bobby Ryan's first game back. Nice. If, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, when you're an actor and you just have to cry on the spot. Oh, I just think of, you know, the happiest moment or the saddest moment. I'm just like that Bobby Ryan hat trick. And then I'm just like, boom, tear. what's <laughs> up? You know, give me the Oscar. Let's go. Um, and then fourth is that tail end of the pizza line. For me, yeah. it's one that I know. Um, all I can watch is highlights on YouTube and old videos. It, it, it's what got me into it. But for me, I think that's kind of the seed. It's that small seed that got to plant something. And, and those other three and everything else that's happened since then have been kind of the trunk and the roots that have grown out from it. So those are some of the good old days. Unfortunately, we do need to talk about this team now. So uh, things may get a little bit uh, darker and sadder. But what, um, Kale, what was your overall impression once trade deadline day was over? How did you feel this team did? And were you happy with how they settled everything? I felt like I just got slapped in the face. And then the next next moment, someone, that same person put like the pack of ice on my face and then gave me a beer. Nice. You know, okay. that that trade for Harmonic and giving up a third rounder for that when we've been begging, begging this team to take on a bad contract and take a good pick with it. We can do it. You know, you look at the other teams that are at the same spot that we are and that's what they're doing and they're taking yeah. advantage of it. And then when I hear that we traded for Harmonic, I'm like, and what draft pick? Is it a second? You know, what did we get here? It's like, no, we gave up a third. I'm like, so we, we paid for that bad contract? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so we wanted the guy with the signing bonus? Yeah. I'm like, huh? Okay, okay <laughs> cool. And then the very next day, you know, you get rid of Brown, um, which, you know, we've been begging for this whole time, especially when you see what MDZ did in, these, in the last game, when he was playing against the Islanders and you're just sitting there going, okay, so he's better than Brown. He's better than Zaitsev. Um, and that's another bad thing, you know, not moving Zaitsev at the deadline. I understand, you know, there's only so many warm bodies we can throw in, but there had to be someone that we could have traded for and just got Zaitsev out the door. Um, as much as I'm going to miss Nick Paul, who even from Kansas truly does it all. Yes. Um, Matteo Joseph is, you know, an incredible player. I a hundred percent agreed with you guys when you said you wanted to see him on a line with Formington and Stutzla. 
I was, that's all I wanted. And then I saw the projected line for the Islanders game. And I was like, come on, just listen to Pilsy and Russ, just do it. <laughs> we would, we would win. You know, um, I think that it was just such a middle of the road. You know, it's kind of like we made moves that are going to be good for us down the line. Um, but none that we're going to look at, except in my opinion, maybe that Mateo Joseph move, maybe that we may look down the line and say, oh, you know, that was a great moment for us. But all in all, I think it was just more about getting people out um, and just trying to stay afloat without absolutely embarrassing ourselves. So it's nice to not to, to walk away from it going, OK, we're not an absolute joke as long as you ignore the data and stuff. Um, but it, it, it was one where I, you just sit there and go, you know, come on, Dorian, like quit listening to your girlfriend, go on Twitter and listen to what some of us had yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. And when you mentioned the Joseph and how he played last night, like how many times was he buzzing through the neutral zone with speed and then Tierney would slow him down right away? Like it just we saw this earlier in the year when Stutzla was pl- still playing the wing with Tierney and when Formanton was on a line with Tierney. It's just like. All due respect, and I mean, the guy had 40 assists. It was a 40 assists or 40 points the first year with 39 assists. Yeah. Yeah. More than 40 points. Yeah. He was a great player. I mean, injuries and and age have regressed him a little bit, but you got to see for what it is, man. You can't have these fast kids playing alongside him. Just throw him on there with like a Parker Kelly. And not that he's slow, but at least like not your skill guys. You want to be, you know, telling them play with more speed. So hopefully we do see that sooner rather than later. The lineup will look a lot different by the end of the week because. Drake Batherson is getting closer and closer. If you were to get a jersey today, Kale, who's going on the back? Is it a 7, a 72, 19, 9? Whose name and number would you be putting on the and back? And what color jersey also? Ooh. So I have I have a couple sweaters. Um, I do have a signed Kachuk sweater. Um, nice. It's from his rookie year, and that sits in my, my game room, um, along with not a sponsor, but Harmson's hockey, he uh, takes sticks and turns them into like barbecue sets. Um, and he had a Brady Kachuk stick and it is, I'm never going to use it. I absolutely love it though. Um, but outside of that, I've just got an Anderson and a Carlson jersey. If we're talking about current players, for me, I think it is going to have to be a Batherson jersey. I mean, far and away, in my opinion, I know that Stutzler has got room to grow and he's going to continue to grow and he'll be the star someday. But Batherson is the player that every team that wins a cup has to have. Um, and, and he signed. So you get that insurance. I did not buy that Kachuk jersey until he signed. I had Smart. my eyes on it. And then he signed. I was like, boom, pulling the trigger. We got it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so if it's a, if it's and if it is a Batherson jersey, I, you know, I have a Heritage Classic. I have an NHL 100 Classic in red and the white Kachuk jersey. I would go with the black Patherson one and save that reverse retro for someone like a Stutzla or just an absolute just star that's out there dazzling. Maybe yeah. uh, Jake Sanderson, number 88 jersey here Ooh. sooner rather than later. Oh. oh, man. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that everyone said that we wasted that pick on Jake Sanderson and there were so many better options. And now we just get to sit there and go, Really? Yeah. Better than this guy. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Bills, you got one? Time will tell. Yeah. Final question for me, Kale. And thanks so much uh, for joining us. This has been uh, been a blast. And 
I think uh, some of my favorite Sun Central citizens are the ones that are in way far out uh, senator's territory because you get a different flavor of uh, what a fandom is like. And we're glad uh, you've latched on to this sad, sad team. But <laughs> it's always darkest before the dawn, right? So let's hope. Pierre Dorian said, don't judge me now. Judge me on training day next season. Mm -hmm. What does he need to do? or sorry, what will he need to have accomplished by training day for you to have a positive outlook on next season? For me, I think it's going to be shoring up that blue line. I think just kicking Zaitsev to the curve. I think um, if Sanderson is going to make that jump, I think, you know, we need a, a top four that looks somewhere on along the lines of Shabbat and Zub. And then I honestly would like to see Sanderson get, you know, top four minutes. I think, I would rather him have to learn than us kind of shield him. I think he's, he's got the potential to get there. Um, I, I know that there's talk about someone like harmonic, maybe, maybe anchoring Sanderson. Is it the worst thing in the world? No, that would be Zaitsev. Um, but I'd like to see someone that can um, compliment Sanderson a little bit more. And then honestly speaking, goalie friendly show, obviously, you, you, occasionally you read about buying Matt Murray out. And, and I really wonder if you do that, if it means, if it directly results in us signing a, a top six winger um, with a good amount of skill, someone that's a little bit more established, I'd go in a perfect world. We wouldn't need to, to buy out Matt Murray. We would just have an owner that would spend that money anyways. I think Matt Murray, if he's healthy, I mean, he can do it. I think it's easy to pile on him just because it's easy to pile on any goalie. Well, don't um, pile on him. He'll get hurt for three weeks. <laughs> I know, man. I'm surprised that we haven't had him get one of those like baseball injuries where it's like fell in the shower or yes, cut his hand on sneezing you or know. something. Yeah. Or the Craig oh, Anderson, yeah. they're cutting his hand on frozen chicken. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Been there. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, just really getting, I mean, and maybe it's, you know, signing someone like Claude Giroux. Um, in the okay. off season, sure. you know, someone that can uh, be a leader to the guys. That's one of the things that I know we'd, I'd, I'd love to see Igor Sokolov get a chance in, in the big show, just maybe one or two games this season, but I get, you know, you want to keep Belleville stacked. You want him to go on a run. Um, but the defense I hear about that is, you know, you want these guys to get that playoff experience. And, and my rebuttal to that is, yeah, that's perfect. But it is, um, you know, is Sokolov going to be the leader when it's game one of the first round? Or is it going to be Kachuk? Is it going to be Batherson? And, and is it going to be Shabbat? And these are guys that may not have that giant, you know, Calder Cup run in their history. Um, so as much as it's it's worth it, I'd still like to see those guys get, get some game time. Um, but yeah, so just shoring up the blue line, getting rid of Zaitsev. I think obviously Tierney's got to go too. Um, but a top six winger, a better blue line. And I'm going to say, you know what, Pierre Dorian, you got me for another season, man. Everyone, uh, you can go follow him on Twitter at Kale Joshua with two A's at the end. And based on your bio, I think I know the answer to my final question. And that is outside of Jake Sanderson, which prospect are you most excited about over the next few years? So yes, my Twitter bio does read that I'm only here for Igor Sokolov highlights. Absolutely love the beauty. I mean, just an absolute cannon. Love everything that he does. Uh, but in my head, I've hey, already... Oh, there we go. I've In my head, I've 
already decided he's going to be successful and he's going to make it to the show. Nice. So I, I might have to, I might have to update the bio because I am absolutely on the Tyler Clevin train. I'm on the K nice. train. I want, I want him to just absolutely crumple someone. I view him. When I think about him, I think about if he could find on, on the blue line, almost, uh, a uh, like a mentor, like kind of role. like Travis Hamnick. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd love it. But I, I think of him if he could get under someone's skin like Chris Neal used to, just you know, show a flash of skill occasionally. I know that's not what he can do, but everyone said that Sanderson had no offensive upside. Here we are. I think that's a misconception about the youth now. Is even when you hear, oh, they don't have an offensive game. These guys can still light the lamp. They can still pass the puck. Um, but for me, I think just in terms of watching someone grow, I'd love to see Tyler Clevin continue to make steps because I think for Sokolov, I think he's got what it takes and it's just going to be growing that skating. Um, so for me, like I said, he's not a finished product, but he's a product that I'm ready to sell and say, yep, this is it. We need to, to bring this up and it's good to go. And so Tyler Clevin, I think is my new development project that I'm going to sit there and say, no, you don't understand. He's going to make it to the show. He's going to be great. And I'm going to laugh in your face when he does. <laughs> Undercover offense from Tyler Clevin. We know what he can do with the physicality. And in a league that doesn't appreciate a whole lot of physicality, as we've seen him get five in a game a few extra times, I don't think we see that same issue when he gets to the NHL. Kale, I'm really in awe of how much you follow the team from where you are. So stick taps to you, brother. Keep following along. And anything we can do to help get the pilgrimage to see you at the CTC, let us know what we can do, and we'll make sure to do just that. Thanks for joining us today. Again, everyone, go shoot him a follow on Twitter, at Kale Joshua, two A's at the end, and let's get the petition rolling to bring him to Canada. Thanks again for doing this, buddy. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it, too. I can't wait to listen to the episode. <laughs> Stick taps to Kale for joining us. What a great conversation. Great dude, and, well... I'm sorry that you picked the Ottawa Senators, but it is always darkest before dawn. And hopefully some momentum can be found with the Belleville Sens. We'll touch on their game tonight against the Laval Rocket. But before we do that, we've got a quick word from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can check them out for yourself at Built.com. That's Built.com. And have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are one of the first ever protein infused marshmallows. That's why I'm giving you right off the bat. Go to built.com. You have to see them for yourself. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie. They're high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away at how they make everything taste delicious, but also Really, really good for you and healthy at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, all and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. All right, Pilsy. So the Belleville Senators, who we have been discussing as a Wild ride to the finish. We're pulling up right now. Actually, this doesn't have last. Actually, I don't think there were any games in the North Division last night. But this thing is changing on a day-to-day -day basis. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, the percentage points 
right there. Wow. Changing every single day. So right now, if the playoffs started today, Belleville would not be in it. That would be a monumentous disappointment, would it not? Yeah, that would be real tough if Belleville's not able to make the playoffs. After two years of not having playoffs, and then the year before that, they missed out on the final day of the season. So it's it's been uh, just out of their reach here, and they need to make the playoffs. But, Ross... They do have a tough task and an important game up against the Laval Rocket tonight because, sure, Montreal shipped out a lot of NHL talent, but they did bring in some AHL talent, and they got a beauty in Justin Barron from the Colorado Avalanche. And he, uh, from what I know and expect, he's going to report to uh, Laval, and that ups their defense in a big, big way. We need Zach Sinishin to go outside yes. in on him, and we expect Sinishin to be in the lineup. Footy posted nice photos of him at practice yesterday, and I think we can expect Mad Sogard to be in between the pipes as well. This is a big game tonight for the Belleville Sens against Laval. What is your handicap, and you think they can pull it out? Because historically, Laval's been a tough barn for them to play, and we saw it firsthand in the home opener for Laval. Yeah, you got to give stick taps to uh, their arena in Laval. It's absolutely incredible. And the fans packed the building and they were loud. It was crazy. So we got to hope that Belleville can go in there, shut out the noise. I think I really want to see, Ross, a big performance from Mad Sogard. Because, look, Ascends brought in an extra goalie because they realized that Mad Sogard, maybe this was a little too much too soon for him on his plate. And he had been struggling in a couple of games. So... I really want to see him just shut the door here and give this team a chance to at least push uh, push Laval in regulation. Because like we mentioned last time, we cannot have three-point games. Like, that's not going to get it done. In these division games, you got to win in regulation. So I, I'm really focused on getting that W before overtime or shootout. You can follow the show on Twitter at Send Central on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators for all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, analysis, and some insider info that is not always well-received by people who don't like having their territory dealt with. And that's all right. That's all we're going to say about that. But I do stand by the reporting that we put out at Send Central yesterday about how the Travis Hamnick trade went down, the cost, and how there were no other teams bidding on a player The Sens just bid against themselves. And then because they didn't have a pick, they decided to go with a pick higher. That part is right out of Pierre Dorian's mouth. The rest of it, I found out myself. And I stand by it, as I said. And we don't need to get into that. But what we do need to get into, Pilsy, to finish off the show, is we've got this Josh Norris card to give away from his time with the Belleville Senators. AHL Rookie of the Year. Autographed Josh Norris card. And we can thank Dylan for all these great cards. It's such a great idea. Dylan A-E-T. You can find him on Twitter at Fighting Stutzla. Great handle for him as well. So Dylan is the one picking the winners. And because she said nice things about Winnipeg. No, I kid, I kid. But because he's picking the winners, what I'm saying is don't get mad at us. Right, Pilsy? We don't need that. No, we got enough uh, problems with the Sens on our hands here. And we're just (laughs) trying to give out some cards here. Just trying to create a community. And speaking of that community, talk about a little tease as we wait to declare our winner. April 23rd, mark it on your calendars. Senators, Montreal Canadiens, we are in the process of figuring out a way where we can get all Locked On Senators listeners sitting in the same section of the game against the Montreal Canadiens and... A little pregame meet and greet, couple wobbly pops, maybe a little wings action. Yeah, you know you can't can't get enough of those if you're me. 
I, I still laugh at Marsh and tell me all I eat is meat. I do mix in some veggies from now and then. I eat the maybe carrots. Maybe mix in some kale, some kale salad maybe. Shout out our Central <laughs> Citizen today. Uh, but Pilsy, that'll be fun, eh? Getting that together with all listeners for the final Saturday game of the season. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked for that. And uh, this is something that we've gotten the works. And if it goes well, then we're going to do more of these. And if it goes well and there, there's enough interest... Maybe we even upgrade to a suite Whoa. next time we do it. That's something we can, uh, we've can. we been tinkering around with. But, hey, really all we want to do is connect with you guys more, have some fun. And, Ross, I'm so glad that when this happens, I'm going to be surrounded by Sens fans against the Habs, not be surrounded by Habs fans against the Sens. I love it. All right, let's give away this card. Sign off for today and tomorrow. We've got a great preview coming up. I'm going to be boots on the ground in Winnipeg against the Jets. Travis Hamannick's debut, so we'll touch on that. If you want more content, though, what better than the postcast last night with the legendary Ian Mendez and, of course, our boy, Laleem's Martian as well. So we had a great conversation with him, not only about last night's game, but about the trade deadline, steps going forward. Just always great Jacques vibes. Martin in the Civic Center. Always just great vibes when Laleem's Martian and Ian Mendez are a part of the show. So the winner of the Josh Norris rookie card in the AHL is Olivia Ellens at Olivia D underscore Ellens. Welcome to the Winners Club as we (laughs) will continue more giveaways going forward. Dylan and I will reach out, get your mailing address, and we will get you this Josh Norris autograph card. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.